Welcome to another episode of the Purposed Podcast, where we help business owners in Raleigh live with intention. And I'm your host, Adam Gross. And today's guest is someone who is not just inspiring to listen to, she really walks the walk. She lives out everything that she says she's going to do. She is the client relations director at Boss Digital and partner, and she started her entrepreneurial journey in her young 20s. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Alicia Cadorniga of Boss Digital. Hey everybody, how's it going? Good, so before we start, if you're listening, by the end of this podcast, you're going to know that what you're doing day to day in your business is aligned with your long-term vision for what you want to do in your life. And this does not matter about what Alicia wants to do, what I wanna do, this is about what you wanna do. And by the end of this video, you're going to have podcasts, you're going to have clarity on your actions, what you're doing today and how that affects what you're doing tomorrow. Okay. So Alicia, thanks for your time. Yeah, I know. I'm excited about this. Um, I appreciate you having me on. Mm -hmm. Okay. So before we dive into tactics, Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about your journey before you're doing, you started what you're doing right now. Yeah, so um, I have been in marketing for um, a little over, I'll be working on a decade. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm young. I still got plenty to learn. Uh, I, so what I did is I actually, I went to school locally here in Raleigh, North Carolina. I went to NC State, graduated fashion textiles. I went directly into working for um, Gap in New York City uh, doing anything around like consumer insights, behavior, things like that. Um, I got to do some fun things along the way. Um, I did, you know, like I had focus groups and um, part of that journey was just really understanding how people felt wearing denim, right? And so I learned all these different things as it pertained to like fashion. It was always marketing but with a fashion angle. And then um, you know, I loved New York. It was cool while it lasted, but I missed home. I missed Raleigh. And I also knew Raleigh had this like just raging, fiery, like passion for entrepreneurship and starting their own business. So I ended up moving back and um, worked for a company called Bandwidth, a telecom company in this area. Um, did that for a little bit. And then by that time, you know, I just started freelancing. and. Um, I had a couple of business owners that I knew, people referred me to them to say, hey, do you think you can help him, you know, run his social? Do you think you can help this company build a website? Um, I knew enough to be dangerous in school, but I literally taught myself everything that I do in marketing now outside of school. Mm -hmm. So I just started doing that for a while and I got to a point where I like developed my own company. I didn't even realize it. So I literally started bringing on people. I was like, I can't do this work by myself. So let me find people, right? And I was literally doing steps that I didn't know were needed in a business. Like I didn't realize what I was doing. 
So then I was like, well, let me put a name on this. Like, let's make a brand. And so I named it Beta Sites, and I had a partner uh, with me, and we at one point had our team up to eight people, and we were um, helping small businesses around the Triangle area with their marketing. And we weren't really super robust, right? We went in with more of a creative angle, we created graphics, we wrote copy, we helped them articulate who they were, um, better align with their audience. But I got to a point where I was blessed, pleasant surprise, but I was blessed with my first, um, my firstborn. And at that point I realized I just didn't, I, I didn't want to do this about myself anymore, right? I was running a business, I had to do a lot of decision making, I was like, uh, let me maybe rethink this a little bit. Let's take a couple steps back. I'm still learning how to do these things. And I actually met the owner of Boss Digital um, a little over four years ago. And when I met him, it just made sense in that time to be able to scale what I was doing and learn more. Um, he actually acquired my business and my team. And to this day, actually, one of the team members is still there at mm -hmm. Boss and is a partner there. Um, and yeah, so that's been like my walk down memory lane of, of where I'm at now. And now I'm the director of my services. Wow. Yeah. So when you, because there's a kind of a lot to unpack there. Mm -hmm. When you started the walk, um, what was one of the bigger challenges that you faced? Um, you know, I think, I think for me, it was, it was already a challenge learning how to build a company. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Um, I just loved people. So the one thing that anybody will say when I started my business was like, I enjoyed working for her. Um, but I also just did not have the experience that I, I wanted, nor did I really know what I was doing yet, like with my, my with my personal life. And I think your personal life is actually more important than your business life. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't have goals set there. So it was really hard for me to, you know, kind of figure out how to accomplish what I was doing running that business without having that in mind. And so I think the hardest part for me and the biggest challenge was learning that to, to be okay with like life coming and sweeping by and God putting things in your life that you weren't prepared for and having to have like the emotional intelligence and the patience to like see that through, right? Love my kid, Grayson, shout out, maybe remember if he's not, he's obviously not listening to this and he won't be. One day. <laughs> One day, um, but you know, he's four now and I wouldn't be where I'm at today had I not had him mm. and had that natural pressure to build something bigger than myself. But at that time, I was not thinking that way. Mm -hmm. So I was more like, woe is me what is happening i know a child what am i doing so it just you know it was the just being naive and not really understanding how to handle myself during this time mm -hmm. yeah. so do you feel like being naive helped in the long run uh, being naive uh yes because it, i basically was i started just accepting the fact that yeah, could i have done it mm -hmm. probably would i have made it i don't know but in that moment, my fear took over and I had to kind of bring myself back to reality and say, I'm servicing these businesses. I need to, to, to make sure that they're taken care of. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what my future is going to be like. And I needed help. 
right? I need a true, like, experienced leadership of how to run a business. So, yeah, I think in a way, to your point, Adam, with my being naive in that moment and then also being okay with being naive, yeah. that's the asterisk right there, um, I was able to to then have bigger conversations with the local agency here. Yeah, yeah. and that leaves a really good opening for you. You said, you know, you had that, like, overwhelming fear mm-hmm. at one point, mm-hmm. and then you just also said knowing that it's okay to be naive Mm -hmm. how do those two work together yeah i mean there's times where um having fear is natural right it's not a negative all the time Mm -hmm. um i think when it's when it's a negative is when you don't know you have it so it's really important like for me in that instant i knew i was already fearful of what was to come and how i would manage that i did not have experience a lot of people would be like go crush it do whatever it takes you know but at the end of the day I'm, a, I'm human right? right and in that moment I knew if I wanted it to actually last longer let me go this way so mm-hmm. it it kind of worked in my favor to recognize that in myself um, but I think fear actually hurts people if they they don't open up to it and understand right. what their decision is because of it Mm-hmm. You can have fear in it, and because you have that fear and you don't think you can overcome it at that time, redirect your path. Mm-hmm. But that's consciously making that decision. There's a difference when you have it inside of you and you're not accepting that, and then you're not really happy with where you're at, mm-hmm. right? Completely different mindsets to be in. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's a good point. And when you make that decision to make a longer-lasting path, where you kind of dance with the fear instead of letting it guide you without you knowing that it's guiding you. What did that look like for you? Like, what was that switch like in terms of like the, your actual reality, your actual environment and your reality? Like what actually was happening at the time? Well, the first thing was that I just, because of starting my family, I had a natural pressure to make money. Mm -hmm. It was different than me bebopping around starting a business and being on my own. Right, so um, that that helped shift my shift my mindset. But going through that and meeting, you know, Jeff, who's our CEO of Boss Digital, and just kind of walking through what I had done so far and the help that they needed, and it it, it wasn't as scary once I took the action. Mm-hmm. And I think I think for some people that could be a really scary, intimidating step to take. Um, but for me, I, I was lucky enough to grow up with parents that ran their own businesses, and I always had this like fire in me to just like take risk. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, literally sometimes it was like the risk I shouldn't take. Yeah. So I was a little bit, um, <laughs> a little bit bold at times. But generally speaking, I was not scared to take action to build something bigger than myself because I grew up around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in my back pocket, I had that but I didn't really realize the impact of how I was raised. And um, that probably actually saved me during that time, mm-hmm. to be honest. And I didn't really realize I had it, right? Mm-hmm. That like risk taking, um, you know, just wanting to take action, wanting to grow something bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. I don't think I realized it at the time, but, I, but it just happened. Yeah. So. And so, you know, how externally, like what, what have in this decade you've, you've achieved in this process? Goodness, that's, I don't really, um, I would say 
I've definitely I've definitely acquired the amount of knowledge that I need to actually help the company grow. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started my business, everyone's a marketer. Like literally, I've, like someone listening to me right now, their kid is in the room doing TikToks and doing sponsorships. Right. They're marketing, right? That's at the practical level, you start at very simple terms. Um, and I think when I started my business, I understood marketing at like a very basic, I would say surface level. And I knew what like every company needed to tell their story and get new clients. And I knew that, but I didn't really know what it, what it takes for a business until I started working in an agency at a higher level. Mm-hmm. So the more we got acquired, you know, the more that we acquired new clients, what this is me talking like now I'm in Boss, right? Yeah. Boss Digital. And the more we started working with businesses, the more we realized, wow, okay. So it really takes X amount for this for this kind of company in this industry to do these services to make this return, right? So it became very strategic and I like I just soaked that up. Like mm-hmm. there's something about my brain. I don't I I'm still figuring it out. But I do have a pretty general trait in myself where I can see a lot of gray in strategy, right? And I understand people. I don't like numbers. I have other people on my team to manage numbers for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can look at numbers and be able to see what is wrong in a company and what could be fixed, right? What, What they need to do differently. So I think with all that being said, like that was my accomplishment. Like that light bulb of saying, wow, I have a knack for business growth. I can do that. I also, um, you know, I, we've accomplished great things as a company, right? We took a company that was, I don't know, five, six people initially, and now we have a team of over 35 individuals mm-hmm. in, in like four years. Wow. So, um, when you say accomplishment, I could probably keep rambling, but like mm-hmm. in that moment for myself, it was truly understanding that my talent was in helping businesses grow, mm-hmm. being able to actually articulate what they need to do mm-hmm. um, to the business owner. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. I I, pre- I have the same thing with numbers in the gray areas. Mm-hmm. Um, for the listeners, we were talking right before this about she's asking me about my business and what, what I'm doing and everything. And right now I'm building the foundation for the, the model. And uh, it's taking me a long time because I have to seek out help with other people who know more than me. Um, so I, I understand what you're saying. And a lot of people listening could feel the same way if they're, you know, the in business development or they're the CEO and they love closing deals. Um, yeah, so that's a, that's a good sentiment. Um, okay, so you know, switching gears, what is the most rewarding aspect when you do help a business grow? Uh, I so the one thing that we really harp on at Boss is transparency because if I don't know that I'm getting any results, it's not stimulating for me. Like mm-hmm. I am, I'm obviously on the biz dev side, like you just said. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously on the growth and development side of our business. I run our own marketing for our business. So I'm really much about like uh, seeing results. I'm very results driven. So when I see that happen with my own my own clients, it is I get the same satisfaction as if I brought in a lead to our own business, right? It's that same thing because I'm just so fired up that what I had intended on them doing um, and what we had put together worked. So that that in it alone is just just satisfying, mm-hmm. right? Um, but 
you know, when I when that happens, like I it it self motivates the company that's working for them. Mm-hmm. So the one thing that is really important is like I love getting results for them. But what does it do for me? I mean it personally impacts me. Mm-hmm. Right? If I get results for them, they stay with me longer and I can get closer and closer to my own personal goals. But the caveat is I also have to like know what my business owner, that client's personal goals are too. Mm-hmm. I actually don't like, I will not work with a client if I don't know where, what, like how that impacts them mm-hmm. down to a very personal level. Yeah. Because otherwise I don't know what motivates you. I don't know what motivates me. We're speaking surface. We're not speaking personal. And I don't know if I can truly make an impact on your business. Mm-hmm. That is like, it sounds like, oh, we got to know our personal selves and very like cliche. But in the reality of things, um, I could work with someone, get them results, and they don't want to grow their business. And they're just kind of good, just chilling. And mm-hmm. I'm over here like working like a, do- a dog for them. Yeah. And then we have like a missed high five. Yeah. So it, it, for me, it's all about, you know, do I know their, their personal reasons of why they're doing this? Mm-hmm. And um, can I get results? That alone is very important. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good point. At the beginning, you said personal life often matters more than business life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes people can get it backwards. Mm-hmm. So what do, what do you do to learn what matters the most to you in your personal life? Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a couple of rituals, but I'm also still learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually going through a phase where I probably prioritize work more than I do my own personal life. Mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of entrepreneurs will say the same, mm-hmm. um, but things that I do, like I, I have a vision board, I update it whenever I accomplish something on it, I update it. And um, for a while though, I had my vision board set up towards like a collage of different images that inspired me and things that I wanted. And um, I was like, okay, but like, how do I take action on this? Like, it's all pretty, but like, what do I do? So I actually reorganized it. It's just like. In the middle of COVID, I decided, okay, let me look at my vision board. Let's see what I've accomplished so far. I took everything that I wanted, and I literally just, like, a five-year, a three-year, and a one-year on my vision board and put down the things specifically that I was going to get. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't materialistic. Like, yes, I do want a, a, a matte black Range Rover, okay? That is something that I materialistically want. But when I actually look at my vision board, a lot of it's based off of, you know, I want to continue developing in my faith. I want to uh, make a difference with women in business. I want to be able to um, fix the teeth that I was born with, you know, like all these little things that were important to me. Um, I want my son to go to a really good private school that I paid for and I made the decision on how he's getting his education, mm-hmm. right? So all these things that are like right there and their timelines are right there creates a natural sense of urgency mm-hmm. so that's one thing that I do is like a ritual and I'll actually check in on it and check off the things that I've accomplished and then put something else on there um, and then you know uh, this may not be for everyone but I pray I do a lot of prayer um, I had to at some point in my life pretty much just accept the fact that I am not in control of my life mm-hmm. um, whatever you believe in that's to each his own. I do believe that there's a higher power at work. And if I take the pressure off myself and I just like know what I'm doing is honoring whatever I like, what I feel is right, um, whatever can happen will happen. 
right? Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of like let that in God's hands and that stress, I have to do that like a mental reset. Mm-hmm. So my like ability to continue being personally driven and like stay ahead of my personal goals is actually not myself. It's actually giving away that control mm-hmm. and then understanding that I'm simply serving this in my life. Um, that mindset had to change. Mm-hmm. When you're in control, you feel stressed, right? Yeah. Yeah. You get overworked. You get overwhelmed. You think you have to carry it all on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. You know and when you really step out of it, it's like, oh my god, my life is not that hard. There's mm-hmm. some other people that are definitely going through more serious things than me. Mm-hmm. So, like, reality check, are you really trying to hold that on as your own and play the role of God when it's not necessary? Right? right. Life still goes on. So, yeah. You know, not being too serious, right? Right. Yeah, that's a good sentiment. And, um, everyone has their own version of doing that. So, there will be people who listen to this where it's like, well, like, everyone knows that there's a some sort of creator that put us here um whether whatever you believe in and the fact of the matter is you can find different ways to tap into this side so if you're listening to this, you're like i don't know how to just like release control well um what are things that i mean you pray is that yeah. your primary thing that you do to release I hear people like look not everyone also believes in god mm-hmm. so i hear people that will literally just like meditate yeah and try to understand things that are going in their life and try to actually organize it the way they need you to solve problems. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things to do, I do this at least once a month. I have a membership for, for two times a month. I don't always use it. But at least once a month, I will go to a float spa. And I will literally hang out in there for an hour. And it is the coolest. Have you ever done this before? I've never done the float spa. Oh I know I know what you're talking about. I need to go do it. Um, <laughs> So now that I'm like used to it, it's not as profound as the first time, but um, I did a lot of research and I was looking, I was really stressed at a certain point, I was struggling a lot, I was like dipping my hands in all sorts of our departments at our company, and I was like, I need to decompress, (laughs) I need to solve my own issues, right? Mm -hmm. So I literally, um, there's a float spa in Cary, and I signed up and I, I went in, it's fascinating, right? They put a bunch of salt in the water, you float right on the top. There's no um, sensory like stimulus, so it's it's literally meant to deprive you of all your senses. Mm-hmm. So the water is room temperature. The um, you put your front like plugs in. Mm-hmm. There's no sound unless you want sound. You can ask them. Um, and there's no light. So you're when you're in there, if you're still enough, it literally feels like you're it's it's like you're in nothingness. Mm-hmm. And it's meant to actually like bring you back to your soul. Mm-hmm. And your body tries to make sense of all these senses around you, right? That you're not getting, and you start internalizing that. And a lot of people, it's very profound for them. Like I cried on my first time in, in a float spot because mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow, I'm with myself. My kid's not screaming in my ear, right? I don't have my team talking to me on a video call, right? I'm not in the office meeting with a client. I'm literally by myself. What What do I need to do? Like who do I talk to? But what happened was is the first time it was really like almost anxiety, like it was a little anxious, mm-hmm. right? Because um, I had to be with myself. And then I started doing this on a regular basis and I would actually go in with issues that I was dealing with, whether it's at work or personal life. And I would go in and literally intentionally lay in a float tank and solve my own issues in my head in the middle of like nothingness. Mm-hmm. 
it was the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. So um, to each his own, right? Like it doesn't have to be prayer. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to, what, whatever you think is best, there's just various different methods out there. Right. And for people that have, like for me, I run at like the speed of light with how I operate and I needed to slow down. And it's crazy. I can actually leave a float spot and when I come out, I feel like I've been living my life before going in on like two times the speed of a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I leave and I'm like, whoa, it's pretty slow out. <laughs> People are pretty chill. Yeah. What in the world am I doing? Yeah, you know, right. Like, I was like, I am putting so much stress on myself. Mm-hmm. Right? Slow down. It's mm-hmm. okay. Right? So th- those are like the little things. I hope that's helpful. But Definitely. That is like one of my favorite things to do. Well, there's this a... Was not a flood, there's a few there's a few themes so the first is you know if you if you want to figure out what reasons to like what you want in your personal life it sounds like it's just getting alone with your thoughts um and doing that on a consistent basis and it's profound what can for me i i went i go camping with and i'll bring food for a little bit um yeah and so i just go solo and Mm -hmm. Every time I've done it, I come back and I feel I know exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. And it's funny when you slow down, you're actually more effective. Absolutely. And you, you the impact you get you give is it spreads way faster, yeah. which is like the opposite of our culture. Uh, um, okay, so we have we have the how to learn what you want. You have painting out the picture of what you want. Now, when you're actually going for what you want, what are your best practices that you use? Um, I have a very organized calendar, so what I will say is for a long time I would maybe put my meetings on my calendar, but I wasn't really like managing my uh, tasks, like the actual actions that I need to do to get there. Um, I recommend that you actually take the things that you need to do and put them in your calendar Mm -hmm. and do them. And and so one of my routines is like I, I start my week. I look like Sunday evenings. If not, if I can't get it done Friday afternoon, I will take a little bit of my time Sunday evening. I mean, it's either that or Netflix, right? So I'm not mm-hmm. really productive. So um, I'll take some time and I'll look at my week and just see what I have lined up. And then I look at my priorities and see if I'm behind or need to be on track or whatever I need to do. And I break them down and I actually put them on my calendar. Like it will literally say, Alicia, go do this thing. Right? It's not just like, oh, go, you know, you have a, a team meeting. It's I take my tasks and I materialize it on my calendar. And then I get pissed off with myself the day of if I skip it. Because mm-hmm. then it's on top of mine. I see it. And then I'm going to, even if I didn't accomplish it right in that moment, it'll be, it'll be stuck there and it will drive me nuts. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I literally have to be accountable to myself and like tell myself I'm going to go do this. And then I'm like my own coach and cheerleader. Mm-hmm. in my head yes everyone should talk to themselves yeah okay <laughs> um so i think you know like to your point that's that's what i have to do to take the action i literally have to tell myself i'm gonna do it i make time for it and then i accomplish it and i like they what is what's the thing about habit versus lifestyle like how long you have to be doing something for mm-hmm. it to be like ingrained in you yeah like 66 days yeah you mm-hmm. can't do that just for like a very temporary amount of time it's not realistic right Right. so um i and i'm like i'll tell you right now everyone's traits different i struggle with that Mm -hmm. because i am such a like i love doing different things at different times and i love i'm an initiator of our company so i love starting something new i'm not the best at follow through Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like I, that's why I'm in sales. Okay, I'll just bring it in, right? But like to to that point, I had to learn how to fix that in myself. I had to learn how to be more attentive. It's not my strength, but I had to be more intentional about actually seeing things through. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the tunnel, I was like, wow, why did I not give that enough time? Mm-hmm. Right? Or why did I not pay enough attention to that behavior of mine? Mm-hmm. Um, this honestly, like I could tell you to take action like that, but it really comes down to speaking to yourself and having your own emotional intelligence about who you are and how you behave mm-hmm. um, and what the repercussions are. Mm-hmm. Right? You've got to take the action, whether good or bad, as right. a result, to know the repercussions yeah. and not learn how to do it again. Right? Yeah, you so, have to try. Yeah, yeah. you're never going to know if you don't. So when you are talking to yourself, Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes when you're taking action, like the fears come up of, okay, what if it, what if I fail or, you know, what if people actually like, or what if I succeed and people actually see what I'm doing and then I fail, then it's like Mm -hmm. the biggest failure. Um, so when you're coaching yourself through it, because I believe in this too, Mm -hmm. our words matter when we talk to ourselves Mm -hmm. and I feel the same way this week. I didn't plan, do my planning that I do every Sunday night and I feel lost and it's Wednesday. Um, and right when you said that, I said, Adam, after this, sit down for an hour and plan out the rest of your week. <laughs> so thank you. Um, so how do you, you know, what do you actually say to yourself and coach you through when you find yourself in those moments when it's like, oh, I'm tired or, oh, I don't want to do this or, oh, I have to put myself out there. I'm a lot more brutal now to myself than I was back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so like now I'm just like get over it, you know. I literally will tell. Have you read? Have you heard of um, Mel Robbins? Yeah. Yeah. She has a book. It's super quick. It's called Five Second Rule, mm-hmm. where it's literally about like not procrastinating on decisions, um, pressing snooze twenty times in the morning, right? Kind of thing where you just you count five seconds and you just do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. So like for me, I literally, I do, I self-talk, you know, um, where I'm literally in my head saying, uh, like I'm thinking something through and I literally say, get over it, right? This goes back to my prayer too, because mm-hmm. sometimes it's, I'm in my, I'm like my worst enemy and I literally have to just like give it away and mm-hmm. say I'm out of control of it. Like it's not mine. It's not mine. Right. Um, so like those are probably the biggest things I do. I, you know, it's tough. Like you have to get over it. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even say that in a softer way. Yeah. Because it's not that serious. Right. And life is not worth caring about something too damn much that it affects your health, your mental health, your physical mm-hmm. health. It's one of those things where it's like you have to just pat yourself on the back and say, I did pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, and you have to be okay with failure. Mm-hmm. Like I actually, I, I struggled with it originally because I was competitive. And I'm naturally a competitive person, but as I've seasoned myself and gotten, you know, just acquired more experience and I've learned how to not be so emotional about the outcome that I have, it's, it's really helped me because like my emotion should be saved for my family, mm-hmm. my emotion, my love, all that stuff should be saved for my personal life. And I think a lot of people... They stay in the sense of fear, and it affects their work life, but it also entail affects the confidence of their own personal life. Mm-hmm. So they just stay in this sense of fear, and they're not talking to themselves. Mm-hmm. They're actually letting other people define who they are, and then they just like think that's who they are. Yeah. <laughs> and then they conform to what they are, or they accept what they are. Yeah. And it's like 
it is a 100% a psychological game you play with yourself. Mm. Like I always, we do this in Sandler, sales training that I'm in, and uh, we talk about like being in this like victim loop, right? Where it's like a psychological game. Like you're the victim, then you prosecute yourself over it, then then you become like guilty of it, and then you become the victim again, and it's just like this loop that you put yourself through. Mm -hmm. And you gotta get out of that, right? And I I bet you most people that struggle to take action in their lives are stuck in this victim loop, Mm -hmm. and they can't seem to get out of it. And sometimes you can't help yourself, right? You might be so stuck in it that like you need someone outside to just like say, hey, wake up, get it together, and show, literally physically show them what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm at this point where I'm just like, you're ridiculous. Why are you thinking that? Get up. Yeah. You're so much better than this. Right. right. So. Yeah. So do you feel like it was the actions over the years that compounded to get you out of the loop mm-hmm. for sure? Yeah. I try not to think too long about the action I take. Right. It's a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. I'm very action driven. Sometimes uh, I will then tend to make a, a quicker mistake right because i take more action um versus like sitting there and looming on it my my downfall is i might not think something through all the way as quickly so you got to have like a balance (laughs) that's why you have to dedicate time for planning right like you actually have to isolate these activities right like my monday starts and i'm act like i am on it i am action driven Okay, my Friday, I leave for planning. I'm like, okay, how am I going to handle next week? What are the strategic things that I think I'm missing? Right. And I just, you got to line it up and they have to be separate. You got to give enough time for both. Mm -hmm. Because I've seen people be like speed racers and be action driven and they're just all over the place. Yeah. And not really thinking about anybody. And then I've also seen people sit there and tinker with one task for a whole week and I'm like, my hair is being pulled out. Mm -hmm. Right. So you got to have a balance. Yeah. Do you feel like that um, also applies on the bigger scale items too? When someone is, you know, figuring out what they want longer term, do you, is it also the same ratio of time just yeah. blown up? I think so. I mean, I, I can't speak for everyone, but, I, you know, I don't do well with having this big periodacious goal and not breaking it down to like the ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So if I see something like far away and it, and it's just like, oh, I want this, I want to be debt free, you know, or I want this big new home or whatever it is that people desire in life. Um, if I don't break it down, it doesn't become important enough to me and I didn't work hard enough to break it down to see how I could actually achieve it. Right. Therefore, I don't commit. I'm not accountable to it. Mm-hmm. And then it almost just looks like a goal. It's still just like some somehow I'll get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a lot of people do that in life. And yeah. they might actually get there, but maybe they got there ten years too late. Yeah. You know? And so one of those one of the things I do is I've been taught even in sales and in business development and running a company, break it down to the ridiculous and make it like everything you can do every day gets you closer to it. Mm-hmm. And then don't think about it in the sense of am I getting closer to it? Just keep doing the activity because mm-hmm. you planned how it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you got to be more in that moment to seize it, and less about like the worry that you're behind or off track or or whatever. You know, yeah. Put that pressure on yourself. Yeah, that's a good point. And there is a lot of in the part of like surrendering the outcome, mm-hmm. like releasing control. What works for me and the people that I work with is we then your focus on the control goes on those actions. 
like the little things that even if you don't see a result for a week, three weeks, six, six weeks, you will eventually. Um, so it is important to take that time at the, at the front end from what it sounds like. Um, okay, great. So a lot of this podcast so far has been about personal development and personal reasons. Um, let's dive into marketing and what are the three major things that you wish everyone knew about marketing in their business? Um, uh, well, the first thing is you can't have marketing and sales not aligned. So mm. those are departments that literally feed each other. Mm. Um, so if you're just focused on your marketing department and you don't have infrastructure or, or process in your sales, they'll suffer. Mm. That's just how that works. So I think one key takeaway from marketing is, um, you know, making sure that you have a process and you're intentional and your goals for both those departments and how they communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be the first thing. And then the second is it's not complicated. Like marketing is really not at the bro- like at the practical level of it. It's not that complicated. It's about consistency. Mm-hmm. So you're better serving yourself if you do the activities in your marketing program consistently versus doing a whole bunch of random things at random times. Mm-hmm. It's just not, it's not going to stick, right? So we're very keen on that and it's part of our research when we started the company. Mm-hmm. Um, that being consistent is, is important and, it's, and it eats those, those social platforms, you know, and search engines like Google. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the third thing would be Part of Boss Digital and where we started, we were actually founded on research, and one of our co-founders did his dissertation on the technology acceptance model. What that really means for business owners is if you don't move and adapt with the times, you will be left behind. And that is not like a, a fear tactic, it is just the truth. So what happens is, is a lot of businesses become very service-driven and not sales-driven. And if you were service driven and you went through the pandemic, just like everyone else, you are going to probably have some testimony of how that negatively impacted your business. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, technology is continuing to advance and you have to not ask yourselves, what should I do to be relevant? You should be asking yourselves, what are your customers doing to stay relevant? And are you hanging out with them in the same places online? And if you're not, you're missing out. Mm-hmm. And you will probably, um, you know, it's again, not a threat. It's just the reality of things. You literally become obsolete. Mm-hmm. So no, you don't need to, you know, go viral on the coolest TikTok video, but you do need to start to be in the places and in the channels that your customer hangs out. You need to make sure that if they're searching and they're in pain for your service on Google, that you're there and that they see you first and that what they see online matches what they hear about you in the real life. Mm-hmm. I get this all the time from like refer- businesses that are like, oh, we're referral only. You know, all of our work comes from referrals. And I'm like, that's cool, but maybe you could have had more referrals if on- your online presence actually showed that you were like the bee's knees of what you do, mm-hmm. right? Because they're gonna look you up before they call you anyway. And if you're not hanging out with Google reviews online or you have one one-star review and you're not managing that profile, that probably lost you a couple of opportunities that you didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, if I had to break it down to those three things, that would, that would be yeah. That would be it. Okay, cool. So what do people do 
to identify where, well, the first question would be who they serve, like who their client is that they want. Because a lot of business owners, when they stand up and talk or you go and talk to them, they're just like, well, I can help anyone and everyone. So what do you, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I could theoretically, Mm -hmm. I don't want to, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's not really serving them. Like, I think a lot of people say, oh, I can help anybody that needs my service. And it's like, but are you really serving them ultimately by being able to serve everyone, right? Um, so I always tell people, like, they got to think deeper about the pain of why someone comes to them. And they also have to be realistic about who they're serving and how they afford the things that they buy, what their outcome or expectation is. I mean, it all comes down to expectation, right? I would love to help all like the small mom and pop businesses of the world. They probably honestly can help themselves more than I can at the simple fact that they have budget constraints and they're a small business and they're growing and they have to be very mindful of their budgets and a lot of them are scared to take the risk of doing like more aggressive advertising when in fact it could be the result of them being at a completely different part of their business but they have to hold their money closer to their chest because they're starting a new company. Mm -hmm. And so then if you're not working with someone that's the expert, you need to figure out how you're gonna get that information and do it for yourself, right? So they're, you know, yes, can I help everyone? Sure, Is is it going to get them the results based off of like their expectations? Mm -hmm. It may not be. And I think as business owners, we have to really ask ourselves that. Also, if you speak to everyone, it's really hard to write communication of your company to everyone. Yeah. You can't really get down to brass tacks, right? We, we work with like a, a co-working space in Richmond and he can work with a lot of different entrepreneurs out there, business owners, people with teams, individuals that need co-working space or shared office or a dedicated office. And at the end of the day, he is particular about who he brings on because he's like, I want them to hang out here forever. I don't want them to just be like coming to my space, showing up once and not participating in our activities. So he wants to find very motivated business owners that are tired of a couple of different things, right? He's tired of, um, it, it could be business owners that feel like they're lacking in team productivity with the current workspace environment they're in. Or people are fed up with working from home mm-hmm. and want to be around people. Um, or they're just not happy where they're currently at, um, or they're curious in the co-working model, right? So he literally took the big like net of all these businesses that he could service and literally break it down into pain points. Mm-hmm. And then that's who his audience was. And then he was able to tie demographics to it and psychographics and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And so once people determine that, what do they do to figure out where these people are? Because a lot of people, when they think of it online, it's like, there's a huge ocean. Mm-hmm. How do I figure this out? Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta do your research, mm-hmm. you know? You gotta think like you're, like the, the client that you have, um, where they hang out. You know, if you're a B2B company, you're probably gonna wanna hang out in the LinkedIn space. Versus being on, I don't know, being on Instagram, you know, unless you're like a product or um, you're an inspiring brand, right? So you really have to ask yourself where you're at and you got to do your own research. Like I always tell people, everyone wants new business, everyone wants leads, but you got to do your own due diligence to know where your people hang out. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know how you operate, it's going to be really hard for you to understand how other people do. Yeah. So that's a good point. Okay. Well, 
if you could, let's say you left the face of the earth and you only had like one message to for other people in your community and people that you knew to remember you by, what would it be? Um, get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I, I'm, I literally stand by this because I, I have to self-talk all the time. Yeah. And, um, you know, get when I say get over yourself, I mean get over your fear, get over mm-hmm. your anxiety, get over your wishing you had it done a different way, mm-hmm. get over yourself and what you think you're overly cocky about, like, just be more practical <laughs> yeah. and be a little bit more selfless. And if mm-hmm. you can just, like, intentionally think about those two things and really start, you know, thinking deeper about who you are as a person mm-hmm. and that everyone's going through those same things, like, just get over it. Mm-hmm. And if you get over a lot of those things, you are in a completely different place in life whether you've made it there or not you're still successful out of the sheer joy and happiness in yourself yeah and that's so important to be able to get to your goals mm-hmm. so. awesome um so how should someone who's listening to this yes. reach out to you um okay so uh, obviously our website which is boss.digital mm-hmm. boss.digital one s b-o-s not boss hugo or other things um, or you can find me on Instagram. I have, my handle is girl behind the B I Z. So instead of business, B I Z, girl behind the business. Um, uh, on Instagram, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Awesome. I stay in only a couple places. Mm-hmm. It's pretty chaotic out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, if you commit to one place, then people will come yeah. to that place, right? Um, great. Well, thank you for your time. Um, by the end here, if you're listening and you've made it this far, then we broke down how you can go from your ultimate vision all the way to what you need to do today. And if you have no idea where to start, go in a float tank. Yes. That's <laughs> I'm telling you that it's like probably the start of your own self journey. It's amazing. All right. Uh, this is another episode of the purpose podcast. You can find us on Buzzsprout and Spotify every week at 8am in Raleigh founded North Carolina. We meet to elevate each other's businesses and each other's tribes. So come on out and like and subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. All right, thanks a lot.